We all have our journeys, some long, some short, some harrowing and some easy. What kinds of songs does God think we need for our journeys? For hope, for trouble, or for joy? Join us as we learn to sing God's songs from the Psalms. When I was in middle school, and I I don't remember the team, although I can picture them, I can picture the gym, I can picture so much about the scene. Middle school, I mean, a high-scoring game was a game that was, I don't know, 40 points, 45 points, something like that. And I think this was our first game of the year. And I had been playing in our backyard, shooting from the baseline. So just uh, not a three-point line but just just inside that and I had been practicing that for months if not years at that point that was my spot and uh, so we go into this game and the game starts and I was an average player um maybe below average but I, I was an average player but something happened in that game and I hit a shot and felt really good like oh man I've got it and so the rest of the I ended up that game with like 16 points I, I feel like we lost. Um, so it was like the best game of my life. I scored like 16 points, which is really not that much. But I was so excited. I, this was back when Tiger Woods was like 20 years old. And so he was pumping his arm and I was pumping my arm and doing like he did because I was feeling good. And every time I got to that spot and somebody passed me the ball, I would hit my shot because I felt good. I felt confident. And it's funny because the next time we played them, they were like, oh, that's the good player. And so they guarded me and my brother ended up with like 30 points. And so like, I really, I never scored 16 points in a game ever again. But in that one game, I was feeling so confident. I was in my spot. I was hitting my shots. You, if you pass me the ball, I'm going to hit it. And uh, I was thinking about that because that the difference in that game was confidence that I, I felt good. And so no matter like where I got the ball or when I got the ball, I would get to that spot and I would hit my shot because confidence makes like all of the difference for me, at least when it comes to some competitive thing, whether it's a game or a sport or a test or something. Hey, if I'm feeling good, that makes all the difference. I was thinking about that because like, what is the place of confidence in the Christian life? Like when we feel at ease, is that what we're looking for? I don't know if you're like me, but like so often we can go through life ducking and looking around it in the next corner going, what's coming next? Uh-oh, things are doing okay. Is that going, you know, does that mean it's going to continue? Or do I need to be on the lookout for something bad to happen? What is the place of like that confidence and how does that relate to us walking with God? Maybe today things are going okay for you. And you're like, how am I supposed to feel about that? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. Maybe things are really hard and you're going, how am I supposed to like deal with this? I want to shake my fist at God and look at the ceiling and say, God, what are you doing? Or am I supposed to somehow like be faithful and like just, oh, I just trust God and you're going to make it through this. It's going to be okay. Like, where, what, is, what does God want regarding confidence with us as we walk with him? Today, we're going to be looking at that in Psalm 131. So go ahead and turn with me to Psalm 131. Uh, 
Psalm 131, a song of ascents of David. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. Let's pray. God, as we look at our own lives and want to know what kind of confidence do you want us to have? How do you want us to walk with you in confidence? Help us to have your mind from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. This passage, Psalm 131, uh, reaches this point. Kind of, it's interesting because it, it picks up Psalm 130 right before it. Psalm 130 was really about like, what is like redemption? Like, what do I do when I'm dealing with my own sin? I'm facing my own sin, tempted to manage it. And this kind of picks it up and goes, okay, like, so I've like, I'm walking with God. I, like, I'm redeemed. I'm trusting in God for salvation. What does God, what kind of confidence does God want me to have as I walk with him? How does he want me to relate to him? And then Psalm 131 is going to call us to rely on God with humble confidence. Rely on God with humble confidence. I want to show you in this three actions so that we grow in humble confidence in God. This, this song begins to illustrate it. This song that we're called to sing on the great journey as we head towards worship towards meeting with God as we walk through our lives looking towards that day when we are going to walk with God. This is what David wrote. The first action is that we recognize God's order. Verse one says, my heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. The, the, the song starts with this like inside in my soul, in my heart. I'm not proud. I'm not trying to clutch unto my life and make things, hey, I'm the one that's in control. I'm the one that's in power. Then he like turns to the eyes. My eyes aren't haughty. My eyes aren't lifted up in high places, setting my goals and my mind on things that uh, I can do in my way. These are the, and then I don't walk. I don't concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. There is this recognition of humility in this. Where we go, humility, does that mean, oh, uh, woe is me, I'm I'm not good, I'm bad. Like, it's this, there's a different kind of humility that's, I think, illustrated here. Is a humility that comes from thinking about ourselves in God's order and thinking rightly about that. So you see, like, the, this idea with each of these, heart, eyes, walking or concerning, each of them has, I'm not, actually getting up too high. I am actually putting myself in the place that God has called me to be. And I am recognizing that there are some things that are too matters too great for me. There are some things that I don't get to control. I don't get to work out. I don't get to plan. I don't get to manage. Here in my place, I'm going to do the things that God has called me to. I'm going to be concerned with the things that God has called me to be concerned with. Embedded in this is this idea that there is a proper order to God's world. God is the great king. Humans are under him as like sub-kings under, uh, under God, but over the world. And, relate. and so our job in relation to God and to the world is to find that place and stay there. The temptation that Satan brings to us is to say, I will be God. I will control. I must know everything. I must get my way. Psalm 131 calls us to rely on God with humble confidence because we recognize God's order in the world. Walking with God starts with seeing ourselves rightly. 
that there are some matters too great for me, too awesome, your translation might say. There are matters that are too great or too awesome for me. There are some plans that are too high for me to make. There, there are some concerns in my heart and in my life, some directions that are too high for me. And so God has called me to rely on him with humble confidence by recognizing God's order in the world, my place in it. I think that there's great value in seeing the world through kids' eyes, not like listening to them and trying to think, what, what is behind this question? What are they? And what I've noticed often with my kids is that with, if I look at the world through their eyes, there are some words I don't know the meaning of or that they don't know the meaning of. And they have to go, I don't know what dad's saying. I don't know what mom's saying. And I can ask a question, but the, the truth is there are lots of words in the world that I don't understand yet. But mom and dad do. The, the, it's, when I look at the world through my kids' eyes, I realize that lots of processes are filled with great mystery. Like, why does this happen this way? Is it always been this way? Is this how everybody interacts with the world? And so whether it's a, a light coming on at the flip of a light switch or a plant growing out of the ground, these processes have such great mystery. The way I, I used to get rather frustrated when whichever child was in a high chair would like continually drop his or her fork on the ground or food on the ground or a bowl on the ground. And it would happen and it would be like, no, stop doing that. And I'll pick it up, put it back on the table or put it back on the tray. Why do you continually put this for, drop this fork? And I heard somebody say that there's a, there's an element of like a scientific method when a kid does this. And I, I actually do think that there's something true about this, that with a child has no knowledge that if I drop this, it will always fall and not come back. Like lots of objects in the world do things that I wouldn't expect because I don't know what the world is going to do. And so there's this, this scientist in a, in a child that goes, if I drop this, will mom and dad give it back to me? If I drop this, what will mom and dad do? And if I keep doing it, are they going to keep doing that? It's been a, a little less frustrating for me to begin to see the world through a child's eyes and go, oh, that's what's going on here. That's why peekaboo is such an interesting game. It's because they don't know that what's happened before is going to always keep happening. The world is a mysterious place to a small child. And so by returning to it over and over and over, they end up learning what the world is like. This psalm calls us to see the world through a child's eyes and going, there are some things I don't understand. There are some things that are too great for me. There are some plans and pathways I don't get to control. And so I want to have the mind of God recognizing God's order. That is actually one of the actions for us to grow in humble confidence is actually to grow in humble humility. In humility, God God, help me to recognize your order to the world. Help God, the, the application of this is for us to begin to say, there are some things we don't understand, and that's okay. We must begin to talk to ourselves and tell ourselves, God has an order to the world, and there are some matters that are too great for me. Just because I can search on Google, just because I can look it up in a book, just because I can find a video that explains something or attempts to explain something to me, doesn't mean that I understand everything and does not reorder society. We must begin to put God back in his rightful place in our lives and in the world and say there are some matters that are left alone to God and some matters that God has given to me. 
I'm going to manage those things. The second action for us to grow in humble confidence is to still and quiet our hearts. To still and quiet our hearts. Verse 2 says, But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother or on its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. This, this verse gives us this image. I have calmed and quieted myself. Giving us this hint that it's not people that are naturally peaceful. Not people that are, uh, uh, this is just for people whose lives are working. But those who are in a storm, no, uh, they don't really have a place in this. No, this actually kind of gives hope to those of us that are in storms. Those of us that have unsettled hearts. That this verse, this song is for us. You see, David when you read the story of David, especially if you read all of David's stories quickly, you end up realizing that the story of David's life is he's either being attacked from the outside or he's actually making a mess for himself. There's always a problem in David's life. There's always something, an attack from the outside or an attack from the inside in his own heart. That David is constantly in battles, both internal battles and external battles. In this psalm, he says, I have calmed and quieted myself, my heart. That that is the, the 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 hope in this is oh this is not just for people whose lives are going well, but the rest of us are actually called to this this image of calming and quieting ourselves. The image there is I am like a weaned child on its mother, like the, the, this image like uh, of a weaned child, a child who has reached that point where he can rest and rely in his mother's arms for the food that he needs, not just crying out because he's still nursing and not sure if she is going to get the next meal. This, this image is a weaned child in the arms of its mother, content and restful. Yes, I know, and I've had some of my own children who, as a weaned child, can still be extremely demanding and extremely fussy. That The image here is of... A weaned child that's resting in his mother's arms. That is the image that David says. I have stilled and calmed myself. I have calmed and quieted my heart. I am like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child on me, like my weaned child who trusts me, who, who is just happy to be with me, wants me to pick him up, wants me to pick her up and hold her and everything is going to be okay. David says, that is what I am like. I am relying on God like a weaned child resting on his mother. Uh, one writer comments that it's uh, this image of confident rest. Is, is We still and quiet our hearts in confident rest. I am going to rest in God in the middle of this storm, in the middle of this mess, in the middle of this good season. I am stilling and calming my heart like a weaned child. I was thinking about the difference that it makes to still and calm our hearts. Because when I used to be a personal trainer, the first gym that I worked at, I, I reached a point where my schedule was totally full. And so when there was somebody who was interested in training with me, it became really easy to convince them to train with me because I talked to them from a place of confidence. It was kind of like, well, my, my schedule is pretty full. I, this really, my job and my income doesn't really depend on what decision you make. My family is going to have enough food. We're going to be okay. If you say no, that's fine. There are other people lined up that want to train with me. And so it became really easy to convince new clients to work with me when I was confident, when things were okay, 
But later when I was working at a gym and I had like literally one client and I had been working there for several months and I couldn't get new clients. The other trainers had full schedules, but I was struggling to get somebody. And it, then every meeting with a prospective client, I was desperate. And I think you could smell it because in my mind, my, my income and my family, everything depended on your decision. And it became really hard to convince somebody to work with me when I'm coming from a place of failure and disappointment and, and desperation. I was thinking of the difference that that makes because that's what God's calling us to in this passage is to still and quiet our hearts with confidence in him. Not, not stilling and calming our hearts because everything's okay. The image is not, I have calmed and quieted myself like a farmer whose barn is full. He says, I've stilled and quieted myself like a weaned child resting in his mother's arms. That's, that is the, the attitude of our hearts that God has called us to. And so what storm in your life right now has you unsettled? Has you going, God, are you there? Are you going to take care of me? What is that part of your life where you're like, I can't stop working. I can't stop manipulating and controlling. And here I am unsettled. The call in this is to rely on God with humble confidence. To develop that, that childlike trust I just want to be in my father's arms and it's going to be okay. The third action so that we grow in humble confidence is that we resolve to keep on relying. Verse three says, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forever. David is saying, this is the place that God has called us to. This is an action of resolve. I am going to hope in God. This connects us to Psalm 130. Because that's what the call in Psalm 130 was. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. This, it, But it takes Psalm 130 that's talking about redemption from a place of sin and says, not only are we saved as we trust in God, but that is what God has called us to live out. J.A. Motyer points out that how we start the Christian life is how we continue it. How we start the Christian life is how we continue it. That same attitude of God, I'm giving up on myself, turning away a repentance. I'm giving up on my way. I'm giving up on my own plan and my own ability to please you. And God, I'm going to trust in you. And I'm going to, I'm going to rely on you. That is the same way that God has called us to walk with him. Psalm 131 says, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. The way that we start the Christian life is the way that we continue it. Resolving to hope to casting ourselves on God and to not give that up and think that we're going to move to higher level Christianity where we no longer need to rely on God, where we now I'm now so wise and I'm now so detached from things and I'm now doing so well that I don't need God. No, the, the attitude of a Christian is always like a weaned child saying, I want to be in my father's arms, my mother's arms. Uh, we see that in Colossians, the book of Colossians. Chapter two says, chapter two, verse six says, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. The way that we begin the Christian life is the way that we continue. And Psalm 130 calls us to sing a song reminding ourselves to continue to rely on God. If you right now find yourself in a place where you're like, God, all I have is you. God, here I am again. Here I am again at the end of my rope. 
in despair over my finances, over my future, over wisdom, over my own sin, over my own inability to please you. Welcome to the club. That's the place that God has called us. We are joining David in that place. King David, who, who uh, captured Jerusalem, brought the ark there. David, who routed Goliath, says, this is actually the way. This is the way God has called us to redemption as we rely on him, as we hope in him, as we wait for him. And he's called us to day by day, moment by moment, stay in that place. And so wherever you're at today, if you have to rely on Jesus, you're in the club. That's it. This is the Christian life. This constant, God, I'm waiting on you again, because that's what you want. Because, because you're, that's what you want. And because I am confident that you are going to deliver me just like you always have. And just like you promised to always do. But if you're like me, this, this song doesn't sound like the, the normal song that goes in my own heart. The normal song in my own heart is not to recognize God's order, to still and calm my heart, and to resolve to keep on relying. The song in my own heart is to kick in bitterness and anger. God, To say, God, are you even there? Do you care about me? Are you paying attention to me? Why are we in this place again? We keep trying to get past it. Where's the good news in this, this song that feels like condemnation and law over us? Where's the good news for you? And for me, the good news for you and for me is that this passage that could be a law over us instead becomes freedom because Jesus obeys and sings this song in our place. Jesus is the one who committed himself to his father. Jesus is the one who his entire life had his heart and his mind oriented towards the work that God had given to him. And so instead of just being like, oh, we've tried to grasp on to other places, we can know that Jesus is the one who lived in submission to his father, living out his calling in the world, in your place, in my place, so that we can have his righteousness. And you and I who struggle to still and quiet our hearts and so often have hearts filled with yelling and rage, Instead, find that Jesus is the one who day after day, morning after morning, calmed himself in prayer for your sake and my sake. When we read the Gospels, we see that Jesus goes away to be with his Father and to pray, and that Jesus does his ministry from that place. And that is not just a model for us. That is actually our record. And so we can know that we have the stilled and calm, quiet heart before the Lord that Jesus had. We have his record. We can know that in those of us who struggle to rely and say, God, why am I back in this place? Struggle to rely day after day can know that Jesus, who predicted his death, relied on, also predicted his resurrection, relying on his father, knowing the father is going to raise me back to life, that I can commit myself to him, going where he calls me to go doing what he calls me to do because I am relying on him. And he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And that, for those who have trusted in Christ, can, that can be our record so that we don't just read the Bible and go, oh, God's called me to do better. We can read the Bible and say, Jesus fulfills the law on my behalf so that the law is not written against me. 
And so that I can rely on God with humble confidence from the place of forgiveness and reconciliation, knowing that God has a smile for me and that this passage becomes an invitation to us because Jesus took this passage's judgment from us. If you're out there listening today and you go, I want to make, I want that. I want to know that I can rely on God with humble confidence and that it doesn't depend on how well I do. I want Jesus. I want to know that God has forgiven and redeemed me and I can rely on him day after day and moment after moment. That The Bible says that, that God made the world and God made it good. And then he made Adam and Eve and he looked at the world and he said, it is very good. And he put Adam and Eve in the world, created this order with God over Adam and Eve and the world and Adam and Eve over the world underneath God. But Adam and Eve said, no, we will not live your way. We will not, we will not obey you. We will, they turned away from God's authority and every human after them has also turned away from God's uh, authority over us, rejecting his order in the world. The Bible says the Bible calls that sin and says that the wages of sin is death, physical death and spiritual death in hell forever. God calls us to rely on him with humble confidence and Adam and Eve and you and I have said no. We will not rely on God and we will be our own gods. But instead of leaving us under that judgment, the Bible says that Jesus came and lived the life that we should live, died the death that we should die and was raised to life, so that everyone who tr- repents of sin and trusts in Christ alone will be saved. So that then the record of the law is not against us. The record of our rebellion is not against us. Instead, the record of Jesus' reliance is now for us. And so we are invited to rest with humble confidence, knowing that there is nothing now that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you want to do that, will you leave a comment on this video? Will you send me an email at belgiumchurch.com? Will will you reach out? Because I want to make sure that you can know that you rely on God with humble confidence and that you have his welcome and his smile. Now, I want you to imagine with me what difference that makes. I I started by telling you the story of the greatest basketball, basketball game I'd ever played. How I played that game from a place of confidence, knowing this is my spot and I'm hitting my shots and I'm feeling good today. That is actually the, the call in this song. But it's not a humble confidence in myself. Look at how great I am. This is a good day for me. Look, I've been obeying. It's instead a humble confidence that comes from Jesus obeyed in my place. And Jesus is right now at the right hand of God pleading for me. God, Jesus is the one that God looks at when, and he is the one that he sees when he looks at me. He sees his obedience and he sees his perfection. And so I can, I can live my life from a place in confidence in Jesus. And that, I think, makes all the difference. We become different people when our relationships don't have to be the thing that goes right to calm us down. Our own obedience to God isn't the thing that calms us down and has to go because it's going right. Our finances aren't the thing that makes us happy and helps us be quiet and rest with confident hope. Our jobs, politics, our culture, the future, our children... Our hobbies, none of the people, other people's opinions of us, none of those things become the ground of confident rest in our lives. Those things don't have to be ultimate because 
We are resting in the arms of a Father that loves us. And so we can live our days with this confident hope. We can live our days confidently resting that nothing is going to separate me from God's love today. I am going to join David resting in God's arms like weaned children. I think that makes all the difference. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word that calls us to this confident hope. Thank you for this invitation to be like children resting in the arms of a parent that loves them. In Jesus' name, amen.